0: Morning, afternoon, and evening. This morning's Dharma talk is uh, titled More Wall Gazing. More Wall Gazing. More means more than you're doing and uh, currently doing. And it doesn't, uh, uh, more it could be 10, 10 minutes more, five minutes more, but add a little bit on there. You can. This is one time when you can add. Wall, where the wall needs to be something where nothing is happening visually. It needs to be something where uh, you're gazing at the wall uh, or whatever is arising in any of the sense fields, with as little input, output, outflows, inflows as possible without struggle. Now, if they come up spontaneously, then that is to be observed. Or gazing is different from focus. Focus is you're actually looking at something. You're trying to accomplish something. You're focused on something. You're leaving everything else. And gazing is whatever's showing up, that's it. Whatever goes away, that's it. Whatever doesn't show up, up, that's it. That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. it. And you don't have to say that's it, but I'm, I'm helping you with it in that way, hopefully, by saying whatever happens is exactly what you need to see. So more means do a little more, add on a little bit to that, more than likely. And then the last word there is more involved, in engaging. and then gazing. And gazing is, I'm not talking about focusing. <clears throat> focusing is about some kind of a accomplishment mentality. And I'm not saying there aren't times when you might want to do that somewhat, but the general and specific, the specific and the general instruction from this old man, just gazing. I've done other practices. I've done as much as some people. Some people here have probably done more than I've done. But the creation, completion practice, if you need to do that, uh, it will probably show up in that way. It will show up that you need to do some kind of a, a structure or construction that you dissolve. Con- construction or structure that you dissolve and dissolve. Create and dissolve. Create and dissolve. Now, creation, completion. Creation, completion. I think you can, you can do this without that. But that's just something I think about. Not true. So the idea there when you're gazing at the wall is to your, what you're doing with your uh, consciousness, you're doing something. What you're doing is you're just kind of unplugging from things gently. If something ramps up and starts to be bothersome that has to do with your, with your employment or your with your relationships, please just observe. Don't cover that up with, with following the breath or trying to create some kind of a meditator who is shutting certain things out because they're distasteful. Seeing that something, what something is is not distasteful. It's when you see what something is, you don't like it. Then it's then you give it the name whatever, distasteful, or I don't like it, or it's negative. If you are looking at what this is, you won't know what it is. If you know what it is, then you've abandoned what is arising for your ideas about it. It's the very nature of confusion. It's the very nature of ignorance. And as I say, I'm not trying to dissuade you or get you to not consider what I'm saying, but I'm saying don't believe what I'm saying. Don't believe it. Listen to it. Consider it. Look at it. For some people, they might right away say, I think that's a good idea, or I want to do that, or I'm going to try to do that, or I don't understand how to do that.
1: So you're the one
0: who needs to train your mind by observing the way the mind is not so good, not so trained, not so clear, quite cloudy. Those, uh, uh con- um, conclusions are probably going to happen spontaneously. They won't be something you necessarily develop as a, hmm, let's see, what is my mind doing? My mind is confused and my mind is this or that. Sit down, hold still, observe the contrast of what is moving and what is still. The body is relatively still. Can't really have ultimate stillness. You can't have, you can't have. It's not a possession. So wall-gazing, shikantaza, just, uh, just precisely this is the translation from shikantaza, as I understand it. And I would also say, on top of all this, if you feel um, necessary to go in another direction, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to say, well, that's wrong. Everybody needs to do what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. Do whatever you want to do. But if you're going different directions and doing this at the same time, not going to be easy. You might want to just give this a, what a couple of years. You might want to just do this for a couple of years, especially if you're like young, like in your 60s, you have plenty of time, no guarantee, but you got plenty of time. And then when you maybe when you get into your 70s, uh, then you could go off and do Scientology, Scientology, or uh, some kind of a mindfulness awareness practice that involves more complications, and so on. And just say, give it, give it some time. <laughs> Sit down and give your body mind complex some time to just unplug the food processor mind. Let it all fall to the bottom, and it might take a few days, months, years for that which looks like it's necessary to actually run out of gas, run out of fuel, run out of propane, run out of dead wood. It might take some time for that to slow down. So just the first uh, first 10, 10 weeks, 10 months, possibly 10 years of shikintaza might need to do that for a while. But there's no guarantee that if you do that, that you will come up with some kind of results that will have you teaching shikantaza to everyone. So, go ahead. Sure. In the past, I feel like you have brought up that shikantaza has a creation completion; it's just not like an active practice. What's being um, created and completed in shikantaza? Very good. The create, the creation part of Shikantada is uh, is that which arises in the mind, uh, mind stream, anyone's mindstream when it's not meddled with, or is it is at least not it at least is not added to the the conditionality of the meddling that's already come up. Like I shouldn't feel this way. This shouldn't be. I don't feel this. This who caused this? Why should? Why am I feeling this way? All of those. That, that's your creation. But it's it happens spontaneously out of passion, aggression, ignorance, rather than a creation completion that is a creation that is happening that is to my way of saying it, and I'm not gonna argue with any Tibetan lamas, so don't bring them on. Uh, whatever they're doing, they need to do. And if you're a student of well, any any other teacher, you should do what they say. I don't know why I have a teacher unless you're going to kind of do what they suggest or what they say? But if you're listening to me, then you're probably probably ready to hear this. Yes, it's a very, it has a similar, uh, what is happening there with the creation practice when you're generating the uh, deity yoga, generating an image of the deity, doing uh, his, her, or their mantra and uh, using uh, uh, mudras, body, speech, mind, uh, engaging all of that. What you're doing is you're kind of replacing <coughs> the spontaneous uh, eruption of of passion, aggression, ignorance in the in the seventh consciousness, or in the mindstream of narcissism and grasping and rejecting and hoping and uh, demanding and filling full of uh, self-centeredness. So I'm not saying it's the same thing. I'm not saying that that you shouldn't perhaps be doing a creation completion practice, practice uh, something where you're doing something like uh, we do here. We have a an altar here, that's kind of dismantled an altar here for a white Tara practice, which is a creation completion. So some people, some people have done this a lot. So we're not I'm trying to shut that down. I'm, I'm saying, let's start out with shikantaza. Let's start out with sit down, hold still, watch the movement. And then as you go along, you may need to go in that direction. It won't be a decision. So the creation part, part is the crazy mind that is not replaced with deities and not replaced uh, with mantras and not replaced with uh, mudras, but it's just uh, the state of your mind being confused. And then uh, the completion is uh, is what eventually, when I say eventually, no guarantee, but the space in which that occurs, which eventually that starts to come apart, you don't have to dissolve it back into that space as a deliberate response as uh is taught in the Vajrayana or tantric tradition. In other words, you can practice this. Um, even Gampopa taught Mahamudra without without uh, uh, empowerments or anything. Taught it just as an open practice. And then he was uh, then he's been accused by other. Uh, their names are not coming back to, to me, but been accused of uh, of just teaching uh, Chinese Buddhism. This is a, it's political from the guy it was political in, in the time of the Buddha. And it's political, if you read the, back in what, the 16th century when the Galapas shut everything down because they wanted everybody to practice their form of practice. They didn't shut everything down, but they they closed monasteries. So it, it can get very political and I don't want to do that. I would say, I'll help you. you. You go the direction you need to go by sit down, hold still, watch what's moving, gaze at the wall. And then when you interact with me, if you want to, you don't have to, you can just do this from now on. You need to talk to me. I think it would be a good idea, but I don't know what you're dealing with. Only you really know that. Only you really know. That's why if someone comes this way and decides to go another way, they're not, I don't say they're wrong. I might not understand what they're up to. More?
2: With more wall gazing, um, I'm wondering how we can work with, with the forms in a tighter way without being aggressive. Is there a way to do it without being aggressive about it?
0: Just notice the aggression. Work with the form. Do, do the form uh, as uh, as tight as you can without, without getting cramps in your mind or your body. Just be there and be, as I often say when people are doing... Uh, People are following the form that uh, we've created called uh, a block sitting. Don't you know? Start the form. Be be definite about starting it. You strike the gong, and you sit down, and you hold still for as long as you can without being excuse me without being aggressive, without being uh, yeah without being aggressive. But if you need to get up, then you you would watch that movement. You're watching the body. You're watching the movement in the body. The movement in outside the building. You're watching the you're just observing, just observing. There's no no real aggression there particularly unless aggression rises spontaneous like resentment for even being there, not wanting to do this. Now you go ahead. It seems that
2: meditation <laughs> is counterintuitive to ego. It's just, it's not entertaining. Yeah. So it, it seems to be like there has to be some sort of a little bit of a push there. And yes. I'm wondering, is, is some aggression necessary so, so long as we
0: are still training our minds? <laughs> Yes, but but it not, I wouldn't necessarily call it aggression. It may seem aggressive because that's how your how your wiring works. As soon as you start to do anything, uh, aggression comes up because you've been conditioned to do that through your whatever through your your life in the 14th century or your the way your father treated you or the way the way any kind of a cultural context shows up. Along with uh, the there's it's so complicated. Just not only your what you inherit from your parents, but what comes down to you as being being a human being, uh, being in this particular human realm, in the six realms, and so that needs to be worked. So a little bit. This is what is meant by uh, exertion, uh, is to actually uh, put a little bit, but do it out of your awareness rather than out of your greed for some success. So push a little bit. Uh, I would say it's just like. Uh, if you're, if you're not allowed, say it this way, if you're in a form, which some Zen Tibetan forms are very, very strict and very masculine, and you need to stay there no matter what, or pick it with a stick or something. And I'm not saying that, uh, that culturally, and uh, even even on the Buddhist path, at some point in time, points in time, that that might have been necessary to do that in some way. Uh, but here we are here, a different situation. A lot, but for the for the lack of having an actual monastery, have a strong uh, Sangha situation, strong community connection. Uh, Buddha Dharma Sangha, this is a strong in this particular organization, and I'm not saying it hasn't been in other ones. So the idea here is that you watch what moves. It's about awareness. It's not about fulfilling a form, it's not doing what what I say. You need to have the connection. You need to listen. You need to consider it. I would say it that way. But then how you apply that exertion is your business. And I not only do it myself, but I tell anyone that I'm teaching, anyone who's a monk knows better than to correct someone's form. Even if they come up and do it, you know, if they come up and pour Kool-Aid on the altar, you might want to say something. But if they come up and don't bow exactly correctly or bow twice when they should be bowing once or their whatever it may be, could be any number of things. Observe the form rather than correct it, unless it's outlandish. If it's outlandish, then, of course, you're, they're probably looking for trouble anyway. Or they're trying to seem like they have crazy wisdom. Uh, if they do, then just ask them what flavor the Kool-Aid was. I'm being silly about it, but I'm saying it's like that kind of a dynamic, but relate to it where it's at. Right? When you get up from the cushion and everyone else in the Zendo, or on, on Zoom that are still all meditating and you feel like you can't stay there any longer. You just need to get up. I would say get up, but just observe the movement of the body. You go out and watch what's, what's happening between gongs, between in the say the, the four hour period, observe that movement. And rem- remember that the form you're fundamentally observing is the gong rings. And then what do you do in that meantime, uh, in the meantime, the four hours, what is to be observed is what is moving. The wall gate thing there is what's moving. What's moving? It may be your body. Pay attention to that. You're not breaking a form when you get up and leave just because someone else doesn't stays there the whole four hours. You're the one who's contrasting that. Your self centeredness is the one that's thinking that somebody's doing it better than you or worse than you. It's 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 it is so not separate. That if you realize that, you will realize what a hard time you've been giving yourself all these years. When you were liberated from the beginning. You can, you can discover this. You can understand this, you can do this, but it takes uh, some effort. When you're contrasting exertion and aggression,
2: I'm thinking about if I notice that I really need to start meditating more or that it seems like it would be helpful. My, my go-to is to be aggressive about it and kind of shame myself or force myself into that. So what would it mean to function
0: out of exertion instead of aggression? So push. Push is, in other words, exertion, but don't add on commentary on top of it. Don't cover up the, uh, don't, don't destroy the purity. Uh, that exertion is uh, unproduced, anupadika which the uh, uh, only one I can think of is, is the Tibetan, Sandra. Virya. Not Virya. Anupadaka Virya. Anipadaka dharma Virya. So, so it's, it's unproduced. So if, you have, if something arises as I'm going to go sit, then stay with that. And then if you get up and leave, then you need to go back and sit. might be a commentary that would arise. But you would find that that happens naturally. You don't get to get credit for being a strong meditator. Or get credit for, uh, or tell yourself, uh, you know, I should be getting better because I've been, s- all, so all I do is sit all the time. More about that, please help me drag it out. I find it difficult
2: that just with my position at the monastery, when I'm sitting.
0: You have I'm, a position here? Yeah. What is it?
2: The concert.
0: Okay. Good. I want to see if you remember. it? That.
2: That if I sit there's never a time where six or ten text messages don't come in, my phone's lighting up for the entire hour two hours, three hours, I'm there.
0: So that 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 can be uh worked with is just turn that over to someone else for that time that you need to practice. So you are you're, you're in a situation where you're the Sukansu or the prior of a monastery of the monastery. And so when uh when you need to practice, then uh you know, I don't know how how that would work. Um, you know who would do that or how that would be handled. Maybe the eno would handle that or something, or someone else that, that, that's uh, practicing. I mean, excuse me, not practicing, but is doing something else. You could give them your phone. Does that does that help a little better? Is that or have you tried that and that doesn't work? Or further question around that would be. I mean, just pragmatically
2: speaking, sometimes you need to get a hold of me, and if you do, it's usually. It's like, you need to talk to me at the moment,
0: so that's why I hesitate to not have my phone on me, because when it is something that you need, i like to be able to respond to it. We We can talk about that later, the logistics of that. I see what you're saying. We can talk about it at some point. I think there's a way to work with it where it gives you plenty of room to practice where you're not going to be interrupted.
2: Didn't you,
3: Josh in Kalamazoo asks, what is the point of watching what moves in the mind if it is the same items over and over versus quieting it?
0: Yeah, well, so quieting the mind is a, is a relative uh, attitude towards it. And it's not that you can't quiet it. It does last. And what you think is happening over and over again is a misunderstanding. Nothing ever happens twice. And don't believe a word I say, but watch what moves in the mind. And you'll see that it's, uh, if you see what's happening there, you, uh, you boredom completely vanishes. But first you have to be extremely bored for you to be able to see that. Because actually the boredom doesn't vanish. vanishes. the one who is bored uh, is seen through. But it has to be done. It has to be done. You have to do it. So, uh, to go back to the question about, uh, I have to paraphrase that, why not maybe quiet the mind? Okay, go ahead. I studied that for, before I started teaching this way, I studied it for over three decades and taught it. Shamatha Vipassana, Laktung, Shinan Laktung. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Go ahead go ahead. But you might have to work with a different teacher. But if you say, I want to do that, but I want to work with you, I'll still work with you. I don't care what you do. I'll, I'll try to meet, insofar as I can, I'll try to meet you where you're at. And if you're doing shamatha, just like I, I've had students who have practiced and uh, studied under me because they want to study with me and want to do uh, closed eye meditation. I say, well, go ahead, just open them up as much as you can. But I don't teach that. But some what I'm saying is some people might need to do that for a while. I'm not going to interfere with, uh, with a right and wrong situation. And I would say also to you, Josh, that maybe you should just qui- try to, uh, quiet your mind to do a meditation. Whereas, uh, you know, I think, uh, John Kabat-Zinn and lots of other people out there do quiet, you know, quieting the mind. When I say train the mind, I say, look at how crazy it is. When other people say uh, train the mind, they assume they know what an what a untrained mind is, and they want to do a technique that covers it up, smushes it down, levels it out, paints it all. What's that one color? Vanilla. Not interested. You need to see the chaos and see that the chaos is what? Unconditioned. And what is the, the chaos not separate from? But in nature. You have to see it. It's not something to believe in. You have to realize who you are by seeing what you think you're not. This is called the confusion. The very thing you're trying to get rid of is your Buddha nature. And you might say, well, how can that be? How can that be? That's like saying shit is ice cream, isn't
3: it? is bowing. Go ahead, Sikharan. How is the, the samadhi that arises in focused attention different than gazing? Fine.
0: because the samadhi that's arising there is uh, artificial and will not last because it's an experience samadhi is not an experience it's taught that way all over the place am I arguing with the, the galagpas the kadampas the sakyapas uh, no am I arguing with anybody no I'm, if, you're ta- if you're listening to me then you need to hear it this way and if you If you don't agree or if you think this is uh, missing the point, then go look for other points. I'm not trying to chase you away. I'm just saying I'm not here to market this. If this doesn't resonate with you, I don't need more students. As they said in the Marine Corps, Marine Corps just wants a few good men. (laughs) Didn't work then. It doesn't work now. More about that, So uh,
3: Sochoren, so going at this time. Thank you, going. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, at the beginning, you said even if you can only sit for five more minutes, do that. If we can only add five minutes to our sitting, what what is that doing?
0: Adding five minutes. It's not five more minutes of sitting. It just looks like it. But that's the that's the merchandising mentality of ego. I'm sitting warm. It's, it's a much, it's a, go ahead.
3: Is it to
0: fuel that merchandising mentality? No, it's to be able to see it. So you can see it. You don't have to get rid of merchandising. You don't have to get rid of anything. You just have to see that there isn't anything in separate. And if you see that, you're liberated. And what are you liberated from? You're not liberated from anything. Because they're fundamental. That's why it's such a conundrum to the ego mind, to the materialistic mind, to the self-centered mind, to the theistic mind. You have to get somewhere. You don't have to get anywhere. More if you have it. Anyone else on uh, Zoom have a question? Just raise your hand and I'll try to uh, acknowledge, acknowledge.
3: So, Karim I have a follow-up question. Okay, go ahead. What is focused attention or one-pointed attention in gazing?
0: No. Uh, it's, uh, it's extra. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do that. Just, just, just be aware. Just if if you sit down and you begin to focus, just notice that you're focusing. And I would say, uh, along with that, or for other people's benefit, sometimes if you feel like you're spaced out, not a problem. Sometimes if you feel like you're dozing off or going to sleep, that's a practice. The it's the intention to train the mind, and what happens in the in the mind. Uh, is probably showing you the way in which the mind is confused or untrained. uh, A trained mind is, uh, to say that in the Zen tradition, is no mind. There isn't any mind. That's an illusion. What is looking at you right now from here is you. You're looking at yourself with my help. As Nagarjuna said in the second century, I think it was, in praise of Dharmadhatu, you'll either see it or you won't. Shoto? When you say that we're looking at ourselves, does that you have a location? Just a way of talking about it. There's obviously, it's obviously my body's here, your body's there. There's obviously location, there's division, there's, uh, there's comings and goings all over the place. And that's why it's so seductive to think that there's something else that we need. Something else that has to happen. When actually the whole clearinghouse situation uh, of the consciousness uh, is, has, no, has no authority. There it has no central authority. There, there's, no, there's no one in charge. This is understanding the nature of authority. As Coben said, Coben Roshi said, uh, get your own authority. And, and of course the cosmic joke there is there isn't one. You can't get your own authority. But if you go that direction and see that you need to see this, that's all he's saying, you need to see this. I'll help you or I'll support you in whatever way I can to see what is fundamentally the truth. Is that fear that comes
2: up when we don't have an authority to hide behind?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a self it's that aspect of the self centeredness that is insecure, and and is, is solidified into someone who's threatened or someone who can get ahead. Hope and fear. Well, you hear, we hear people in our society all the time saying, "Well, what gives you hope?" Well, we need to be hopeful. Even the, the former uh, leader of the country used hope on everything. So. Was, difficult thing to look at but if that's the way the culture operates. it, it goes just like it goes to uh, uh, goes to peace instead of war which is the very nature of that is to go to the opposite of something it just creates more war and it might not create it in you and your family and in your culture and in your church and your place and your situation but it is it is ignoring the fundamental nature of the world It's it, uh, from the point of view of this teaching it is ignoring your your Buddha nature. More, please. Juju.
3: How does the uh, relative authority, like here in the monastery with uh, Sukhatsu and you know, how does that help us see no authority? How
0: is that no authority?
3: How does that help us see no authority?
0: Yeah, watch the way that authority works. And uh, of course, watch the way this authority works. This is I'm the abbot here, so to speak, but nobody appointed me to abbot. I appointed myself to abbot. There needs to be a form that is observed, not obeyed. Nothing to if you start obeying things, then it becomes a hierarchy of the head of the situation and the the peons and the king or the pawns and the king. Or it's like a um, a cultural chessboard. Go ahead, more. Nail it down. Ask me the question.
3: How do we work with that need or desire for authority within ourselves?
0: If you have a teacher, listen to the teacher and see, is that teacher a charlatan? What's in it for the teacher? Look closely at the teacher. Look closely at at the teacher. See if you can find the motivation of the teacher. See if there's any kind of miniature forms of uh, self-interest prancing around behind the woodwork. See if you find where the teacher needs something from you. And then see the way the, the students, especially the close students of that teacher, see the way they function. But be sure when you look at that, that you're actually looking at what they're doing rather than what you think about what they're doing. If you're doing a lot of wall gazing, if you're doing a lot of mind training, eventually you'll start to break through your presumptions about things and people and forms and see the actual flavor, quality, texture, and depth of the form. And see that if the person is uh, uh, observing these forms thoroughly and completely, as deeply as they can, and seeing any kind of bias come up without warfare, bias come up without warfare, if prejudice comes up and you start to, try to stop prejudice, this is about self-centeredness. It doesn't want to be prejudiced. Anytime anyone is saying they're not prejudiced, if they're a human being, they're prejudiced. You can't help it. You've been downloaded into this forum. There's a school. You can't be in this school and be a graduate at the
3: same time. Well, How do I work with my
0: Wanting to be in control. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So look at the presumption you have about control—that you think there's a right and a wrong, and something that should happen and shouldn't happen. I, I do this every day. I've stopped doing this.
3: How do I work with Sanka when I just see how much I want to control
0: everything? That you're doing it. You're, you're a young woman. You've you've been here a few years. Just, you can't do this overnight. Just continue to do it. There's the Buddha, the Dharma the Sangha, the teacher, the teaching. Everything is dependently risen. There's no self in the skandhas. There is no solid being anywhere. It just intensely looks like it. And it, that is fueled that intense grasping at a self and pointing at another or grasping at another and pointing at a self is dependently risen. There are no separate beings anywhere. There are separations that show up as human beings and that separation situation will continue more than likely. So just continue to practice. Uh, and insofar as you can, don't blame anyone, including yourself. But if you do blame, then don't add uh, don't double up on the negativity and blame yourself for blaming. Just notice the blame. Be genuine, be genuine, be the feeling you're trying to get rid of. And you might say, well, If I do that, then I might lose my temper or I might uh, yell at somebody or might, well, you might have to take that chance. I would say if you did do that, then you've actually abandoned how you feel or the expression of how you feel. But it's difficult. It's difficult. It's it's difficult, it's painful to, to work with it. And I would say, don't. Just receive as much as you can. Whatever is showing up in your mind stream is, is the very uh, very quality uh, of the cage of the particular uh, difficulty or obstruction uh, that you, you are having, you need to work with. So it's a Dharma gate or it's a teaching. So don't get rid of the difficulty. Just look at the difficulty and see if you can see what it's covering up. See if you can, if you look at it closely, you'll notice that it is very porous. Any emotion, any feeling is very porous. It has holes everywhere. Uh, one of the examples that Trungpa Rinpoche used uh, for ego is: it looks like someone, it looks like me, it looks like them. But if you look at it closely, you'll see that it is a is a mask. And then if you examine it even more closely, I don't think you necessarily have to turn it around. But his image was: if you look at from the back, it's just something with a bunch of holes in it. It's porous. It's an astonishing discovery. And uh, I make no claims, other than I'm a Dharma teacher. Go ahead.
3: It seems like I go between the two extremes of uh, fearing being controlled and then wanting to control everything. What is, what's in the middle?
0: Space. But you can't locate the space because then what you're doing is you're trying to be it's called the middle way, but it is called, uh, Buddhism is called the middle way because it's freedom from extremes. But you can't be free from the extremes unless you see that they're polarities. It's an extreme, that this extreme of goodness and this extreme of badness are good and evil up and down, back and forth. Life and death, that's that's quite the kicker right there from the point of view of being living beings. Fear of death, fear of fear of emptiness in that sense of having no, not being here but it's also the setup for you and for others, maybe, uh, uh I want to control their controlling. I want to, and that kind of polarity. Yes. I? Oh. More. Do I just have to keep going back yeah. and forth
3: between them?
0: Just watch it. Just, yeah, just go back and forth. There's nothing to correct. You know, I've talked about this quite a bit. There's nothing to correct. And there are, there are deep levels of consciousness that we work with in different ways. On a personal basis, that I'm not ready to particularly talk about here because it's so personal, so very personal, as you know. Sensu.
3: Sensu Valley. Does being a feeling? uh, You mentioned being the feeling that we're trying to get rid of. Does that involve? just feeling the feeling, or expressing
0: the feeling? Yeah, don't express. Expressing actually <clears throat> uh, reifies and, and validates it, even though it might not help you particularly. But it will give you something to do with that energy. So being the feeling means uh, do nothing with it. Other if it, if it shows up, it's like it's like be a good be a good host. This is this is the guest. When the guest comes, be a good host. The guest won't be there long, but it will stay a lot longer and actually move right in and ask me, uh, where's your toothbrush at? Ask you where your toothbrush is, not going to ask me. But it will, it will take up residence there in, in a structure. If this gets extreme, then we have people who are, who are, uh, you know, are described by psychiatrists and you being a therapist, you know what I'm saying, There have descriptions, medical descriptions for people who go into extremes there where they're, they're crazy. And sometimes they're crazy in such a way that society accepts that insanity because the insanity that is hidden in the deep consciousness of all uh, beings resonates with someone who is crazy but seems to get away with it. So then we start to think, maybe I, maybe I am doing pretty good. Maybe I'm doing pretty good since I have a oligarch running everything. Since that way, the little oligarch in your mind that you're with common sense, you think, well, that you know, that needs to be. Quieted or shut down, or I don't know why I'm doing that. But then when someone outside resonates and your hidden self centeredness, narcissism starts to, that's why we get people like Mussolini, Hitler, Stalin, the Peloponnesian Wars. Go ahead, Shisho. Hey,
3: uh, I wanted to ask further on the response you just gave to. Uh, you're saying that we shouldn't express uh, meaning being in the feeling doesn't mean we express it how does that uh, it feels like to me it's a contradiction with being genuine if I want to be genuine then it feels like if I'm feeling angry I should express
0: the anger uh, no. no so what I would say there is when the anger comes up uh, the, or that feeling comes up, that's 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 just what's arising. But if we do anything with it, if we do anything at all with it, then we've actually abandoned what we've bought into relative truth. We've said, okay, I feel this, therefore that. I feel this, therefore. Or I feel that, uh, this, therefore. What, what do you think you are doing this? I'm really upset with you for this, that, or the other thing. It's not that you couldn't express it but I would be very tentative about it. I would, uh, as my mother used to say, hold your horses, uh, hold back a little bit. And then, you know, you may, that genuineness that we're both uh, trying to address here, that may be necessary for a little bit of expression, but not much. And I don't say go the other way, uh, place and swallow it or uh, chastise yourself for even having such a negative feeling. Have a willingness as if, if you're, as if you were helping uh, your, your dearest friend or your, or your mother. Uh, imagine that emotion arising, uh, and then you know how would you help them? Do you take that emotion from them? I'll I'll feel that for you. I know that's negative. I know that's difficult. This is called tonglen, but not the structured tonglen that is taught in uh, by uh, uh, by Atisha or or anybody, uh, where you're exchanging yourself with others by following the breath. I've done a considerable amount of that, and I don't teach it. It's not helpful, uh, from my point of view. So I'm not going to disagree with His Holiness. Uh, any 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 uh, teacher, they should teach whatever they, however it looks to them. <laughs> I say that the tonglen can be there, but it, the sending and receiving, but it needs to be very very specific to your situation. Like I was kind of characterizing uh, the tonglen I'm talking about is when you have negative feelings, they're yours. Just receive them. Just receive the negativity that rises in your mind stream so that others don't have to suffer that rather than, even though they, uh, that person across the room just did something that, uh, excuse me, that, that triggered this negativity, this anger, or this emotion. Um, uh, don't buy it. Don't reject it. Don't shut down on it or try to make it go away or meditate yourself out of it. Just experience the texture of the anger. This is called uh, in the in uh, the Vajrayana, this is called uh, transmuting. I don't use that word because it sounds too, uh, too much like chemistry. But it's actually just uh, what it is is just no longer fighting with anything. You're just no. You're, you're, it's like you're willing to be angry from forever if it, if it helps others. You're willing to take all the anger of the world. Not easy, but you could start with the very eruptionist, instead of starting with following the breath and. Uh, when the out breath goes out, sending out love, and when the in breath comes in, uh, neg- negativity, or exchanging oneself for others, as tonglen is characterized. I'm not saying you can't. If you want to do that, go. I'm not going to stop you. But I would say it might be better to just take the spontaneous negativity that comes up and do nothing with it. You don't even have to accept it. Just don't reject it. Don't accept it. Don't look away from it, and it will do whatever it needs to do. And it. I'm not saying that you're shutting down on the fact that uh, the person across the room, you're maybe somebody you're someone you're related to. Maybe another Sangha member has done something to trigger uh, anger or irritation, but that is your anger. You're the one that feels that way. I often say, and sometimes said in the past, no one's dumping a bucket of negativity into you. Everything is dependently arisen and they just come along and function in a certain way, a certain way. And to them it's, they're not doing much, maybe, or maybe they are. But the important thing is uh, the ability to respond, sometimes called responsibility. Be responsible for your, there's no one being responsible, no person. You're Just just be genuine. Be responsible for your feelings. Have a, It's like having a willingness to have negativity rise in your mind stream from now on. It's like, I never have to get better. This is Tong Lin. This is a natural form of Tonga rather than the, the structured uh, do it this way kind of Tongue which is, uh, as I said, when I practice that, go ahead. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just don't teach it. Go ahead, Ivan. Mm-hmm. Are, are you
3: speaking of um, this, uh, what you were just addressing, during sitting practice or
0: during our regular lives as well uh, non-sitting lives. It, it could be it could be uh, any in any place, but the important thing is to do a lot of sitting meditation, a lot of you know more wall gazing is the title of the talk. And then when negativity arises, whether it's while you're sitting, uh, that might be a time when it starts to arise then if you happen to be daydreaming about something somebody said and start to just feel agitated or aggressive about it, you could just just feel the quality of that. It's like it's like uh, It's like washing clothes. It's just like when I say that, I don't know where that metaphor came from, but it's like if you've got, if you have a a, a tub with uh, some uh, sheets and pillowcases in it, and not that we don't use a washing machine or do that in a different kind of way, but it's like taking something and washing it. It's like it's some kind of activity where you're not abandoning it for something else, not abandoning it for clean clothes. You're not abandoning it by accusing the clothes of being dirty or needing washing. You're just washing clothes. Very right? kind of mechanical feeling of working with the, the texture of the emotion, feeling the texture. So on the cushion, when you get up off the cushion and you're and you notice that you're being triggered by someone else, and you can feel the might be rage, it might be just intense aggravation or uh, irritation with something. Do nothing with it. Do do you know you might. Um, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example from not that I do this often, but I'm gonna do it right now. We drove in the driveway and I looked and somebody uh, took a, a folding chair that belonged to me that has a rip in it and said and probably Shoka uh, did this. No, not Shoka. Okay, and set it out by the road. Well, you're gonna ask Unyo. That irritates me. It irritated me, but I'm not going to blame Shoka, especially when it was Ondo. took it out there. I would say, um, and there's no way she can know, there's no way anyone could know that I don't want that disposed of. Some people have a natural tendency to just get rid of stuff. And I have a a tendency to hang on to everything. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here teaching. I don't let go of anything. You're you're looking at, uh, what do they call those, Crocodators. Yeah. And they're really big. They're like lizards and they're big mouths. And you get in front of me, I'm after you. And What am I after you for? Not separate. It's not separate. Not two different things. I haven't gotten rid of anything. I'm just as nuts now as I was when I was twelve. But nothing gets validated. You don't have to get. You don't have to be someone else. So yes, I went and got the chair and put it in the trunk. <laughs> but there's no. There's no. Uh, the, there's no. No one did anything wrong. Dysfunction, undo, or dysfunction by saying, Well, this we don't need this. There's no intention. And then I see it, and if it had gone, somebody had picked it up and it would have been gone, there would be nothing wrong. I didn't even know I had that chair.
1: Kevin bowing. Yes, Kevin. Uh, long ago, I'd heard you say, hypothetically, that if someone came to the monastery and had anger issues or is maybe trying to not be angry. You might have them go out and scream in the yard. <laughs> how how does, I know you, you meet people where they are, so how might that be useful in contrast to what we've been talking about, not expressing emotion? Okay,
0: well, that I, I don't remember saying that, and I'm not saying I didn't, I probably did. And if you said long ago, are you talking about 10 years, 9 years? Maybe, maybe in the 3 or 4 range. 3 or 4 years. I have no idea what I was saying. I, I know that I've, I've practiced that uh, when I was studying uh, Arthur Janov's book back in the early 70s, The Primal Scream, which also uh, uh, John Lennon and Yoko uh, Lennon practiced that. You just go out and you just, the, the anger comes up with the frustration, you just yell, and it kind of ruins your vocal cords. So I don't know if I was thinking about that, but I, I would see, I, I would think that maybe, I've never had anyone do that I've never recommended it but the context of the question or if I was responding to your question or maybe I was just teaching something um, I would have to actually hear how I how I characterize that because it's unlikely I'm gonna say that but with but I don't have a I don't have a always this way kind of mentality I meet try to meet people where they're at so we're uh, if I meet you where you're at or anyone where they're at and you bring to me your mind stream and what you're having difficulty with uh, it could happen all kinds of different ways I could send you I to a. I could send you to a psychiatrist for that matter which is unlikely but I could yes go ahead go ahead
1: I, the, the context was talking about a hypothetical person who is maybe committed to not looking at their anger or the idea of not being an angry person no yeah. um, it's not showing up as a
0: as something I would say necessarily now. I'm not saying I didn't say it, but um, it's the whole
1: context isn't, isn't showing up. But I'm not Yeah, Fair enough. It was a ha- half-remembered thing from okay. a while ago. Yeah. Anything
0: else, uh, Kevin?
1: In in some of the Tibetan iconography, we see wrathful deities yes and you've said that that is something that if it were to show up in in an individual it would be something that you were not something you were were doing how might that energy show up without being an expression of anger might be an
0: expression of anger this is, what is, this is what Dorje Bernangchen or the Mahakalas are, are about. It's transmuting uh, uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance into wisdom because they're not separate from it, but there's no being behind it. So the na- the energy of the world is pushing and pulling all the time. Uh, it's just the very nature of gravity. Our gravity is just, uh, um, you could just say, an invisible force that's there. It's there. So it would show up, uh, uh, and there are practices, uh, that there are whole sadhanas have, having to do with practicing under, uh, with those kind of meditation deities that are sometimes given to students to work with aspects of their mind. Negative aspects, positive aspects, passion, aggression, ignorance, depending on, you could say on the Buddha family and the particular style of someone. So I, I don't promote that or teach that, but uh, those negative, uh, so-called negative forces, positive forces are just, it's just plus and minus. We're the ones who put the attribution on there that it's a monster. So if that's the only way you're going to recognize it, then then that's what we'll do. Peaceful and wrathful deities. So that may show up, that might be a way of working with your anger, especially if the anger has been, has been conditioned through three or four lifetimes of being uh, someone who killed people. And again, I'm not, I'm not promoting belief in past lives. I'm not promoting belief in anything particularly. But some kind of energy comes out of other dimensions, other realms, other ways that shows up in this lifetime that that is looking for expression. Take the the 10 or 15 people closest to you and write down their characteristics, and you'll see that even though they're all human, they're extremely different from each other. And their way of manifesting is so incredibly different. It's amazing they can even talk to each other. That's why it's so important for what I say, communication, cooperation, collaboration. If you don't have really strong communication, you can't cooperate with anybody because you're cooperating with what you think they're talking about rather than what they're actually trying to say to you. That's why uh, we're in such a crazy world right now. Um, But it's just a phase. Uh, This will phase will either end this world because of all the things that could end it, from climate to nuclear weapons. If you look at nuclear weapons, what are we protecting? It's amazing that that we could be so insane to build things like that for money and control. But we're not here to argue about that or go into politics particularly just mentioning it because we all look at it. I'm saying train your mind because uh, nothing lasts. Everything is everything is going down and but before that happens before your body mind you hear me say this over and over again before the body mind goes in back into the into the dirt into the air into the fire into 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 find out who you are because who you are you're not going anywhere
1: Kevin Bowing Go ahead, please. if if the anger is being expressed by no self, is that anger still in an emotion? Bowing.
0: Yeah, it's not,
1: it's not being expressed by no self. It's just anger.
0: It's not being expressed by anyone. It is part of the Bennett origination. Pratikya Samudpada. If you study that, if you look at that, if you see what that is, you see that there isn't anything that is fundamentally separate from anything else. There, uh, sometimes uh, the movie The Matrix sometimes kind of illustrates that kind of situation. Not, not, not uh, as clear as the Buddha talked about it, but pretty clear for a movie. Nothing. It just looks separate, and it is. It is taken on as separate. So that that particular anger that's coming out is dependently arisen. There's no person who did something bad. No person who did who was trying to who was uh, fighting against evil. Those are all stories at the same time. And at every other time, those stories are still showing up as dependent origination. So they're still showing up as separate at the same time. This is why it's uh, the non-duality part is so important for you, for us, for me, to see clearly that it is not too, it's, it's, not, it's not two different things. Every time you look at something, you're looking at yourself. The, you're looking at your true nature. Everything is... Uh, everything is uh, has been said uh, centuries ago and i can't remember which teacher said it that every you every, look everything is preaching the dharma and what is it saying not separate not separate everything you look at is telling you it's communication 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 this doesn't mean you don't run into things that are extremely off-putting and irritating and are and, and are disturbing to you or abrasive it. Be genuine. Be that. Be that. Don't don't try to make yourself some kind of person who is impervious to uh, any any feelings or emotions or any negativity. You have my permission, as if you needed it. You don't need it. But you may need to have somebody tell you you can be you can be who you are. Uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, the shortest Dharma talk I ever heard him give was two words: be genuine. And then he got up and left. And everybody turned and looked at each other. Is that true? No, I just made that up. You have no idea what I made up. But I do. Everything I say is made up. Nothing happens twice. And everything you think is made up. And it doesn't happen more than once. It just happens once. We add on. There it is again. There I go again. There I go again. Because we want that solid being. Even if that solid being is failing, we want to make sure we keep reinforcing that. There's that way of doing it. There's the the crystallizing of it called opinions, ideas, judgments, and beliefs. Most of the world is doing that because it's probably the safest place for all the threats that are flying around. Just just believe in something and do it. Buddhism is not about believing in anything. Take another question. Yeah. There's a few
3: questions on
0: YouTube. I'll take the questions.
3: Try to. Raphael in New York asks... There are many stories in Zen and Buddhism in general about a practitioner's enlightenment experience, but at the same time, I hear you say that awakening is not an experience. If an enlightenment experience is just a passing experience like anything else, what is the use of that experience?
0: Yeah, it's useless. I had a couple of those. and they, uh, I, I would think if there is a use to it and you stay on the path, uh, it might be useful to see that that trying to recreate that is just more delusion. It's not an experience. It is not experiential. There may be a quality that arises in that way that you might notice that you no longer are grasping for this or rejecting that. But it's very minimal. It's very ordinary. It's very beige. It's very flat. It's very blue. It's very black. It's very red. It's just, just, just this, just this, just this, as it is, as it is. Like it says back here, as it is. I think it says it Maybe it doesn't. So, they're, they're, uh, Raphael, it's, uh, it's, it could be useful to some extent because it might you might get a flash of uh, the oneness of everything or that the everything is uh, all of your ideas about things are suspect or not so true. You might have a feeling. Um, I mean, if you want those kind of feelings, go drop some acid. I'm not promoting that. I misunderstand. But if you want feelings of oneness, I mean, go take some artificial enlightenment. I'm not for or against any of that. Some people, I have students who do ayahuasca. I have students who drop dropped acid. I have students who smoke weed. Do whatever you want. I, I, th- I would say less is better. But I'm not going to interfere with what you feel like you need. Otherwise, you, you know, you'll, it's just not. Because I, I don't know what you're dealing with as dependent origination. The closer you get here, um, people who actually are fully ordained as monks or will be, are much closer and I expect them to follow, what am I saying? My guidelines more closely. So not a good idea to um, manipulate your emotions and feelings, and chemicals. But if you're doing that, it's not wrong. I'll say that flat out. This is not incorrect. Now, whatever you're doing, maybe you need to keep doing it, but you could look at it. You could take a look at it and see, this isn't necessary. More questions?
3: A question from Shane in Virginia. Sometimes I'll put something in a specific place and I'm very sure where it is. Why is it so terrifying when I look in that place and find nothing?
0: Because you don't want to be absent-minded, especially at your age. I mean, Shane, he's, what, 18? He wishes he was 18. So it's, it's just being, uh, it's having that assumption aspect of the mind, well, I assume this and I assume that. Uh, I'm old, really old. And so this happens to me quite often. I mean, like every 10 minutes. <laughs> where did I put that? But I have a helper. <laughs> She's right there. Does that? She doesn't know where it's at. <laughs> so um, I'm very visual. So if I want to store something, I usually just tack it to the wall. And that way, every time I walk in that room, I know exactly where the hamburger is. I mean, uh, but literally some things, I don't want to put things in files because uh, some things go in files, they're gone. Uh, That's like, it's like the chair that I rescued. (laughs) Oh my God, I almost lost that chair. I'm going to have to nail that to the wall somewhere. (laughs) Okay, go ahead, please. One from Karen Camilla. Karen Camilla.
3: You say don't express feelings. How to engage
0: with... Did I say don't express feelings? (laughs) You say... Go ahead. I'll I'll respond to her question.
3: How to engage with the first of the three C's, especially in personal relationships.
0: Yeah. Very simple. Basic formula is... uh, uh, talk ten percent of the time, listen ninety. And so, if you if you if you're talking ten percent, uh, this could mean you know I don't like what you just said, I don't agree with you. And then you might want to listen for a long period of time. And if they if they don't say anything, or if you're in a conversation, you could say so. Say more. Say what you mean. Actually. What do you mean by that? Or the wonderful uh, was an interrogative uh, is uh, how do you mean? You can say that. 10 times in any conversation and the person you're talking to, especially if they have no mind training, if they just believe their thoughts and their emotions, and they're operating totally out of what they think is real and unreal. Whereas you as a meditator are probably not quite convinced that what you think is true. So you might say, how do you mean? And then they'll tell you, and then you get a chance to treat that person, the relationship to that person as a Dharma gate, rather than some way of controlling them or controlling what they're thinking. Then you get to listen, you know what I mean, Karen. I know you do. I think I've even said that to you before. So make it make it receiving, as much receiving. There'll be plenty of opportunity to express yourself. And I'm not saying don't express yourself, uh, but what you might want to do is notice that which is coming up for expression and uh, shut up. The expression that you need is already happening in your mind stream. You don't necessarily need to hook up the vocal cords for it to be an expression your probably your posture and your, your facial characteristics are already doing a lot of expression. I'm not saying cover up the feelings. I'm just saying don't don't uh, start a fire with it. I mean actually sit back and watch the negativity arise and, uh, and be responsible for that negativity. Even though this person triggered it and it probably looks like they actually caused it, probably not. It's your feelings It's your sensitivity that needs something else to blame. Or or maybe you blame yourself. So many ways that can show up.
3: More? One last question from Tanya. Tanya, where is Tanya?
0: She's not telling you? What's Tanya's question?
3: In the last few days, anger comes up in my dreams. How can I be a good host in my sleep and during waking hours? So
0: work with a waking situation. Dreams, uh, the other thing I would say about dreams, and I say this to others occasionally, is that if you have questions about dreams, then you need to start writing them down. If dreams are being uh, odd or there seems to be some kind of message or some kind of anger in the dream or some kind of pleasure in the dream, but writing them down will bring some of those more to the to the surface. So you could do that. That's a good practice. We've done that here as a community a little bit a few years ago. Everybody wrote down their dreams. About a year and a half, I think it was. Uh, some people might still be doing that, but I joined people in doing that. I think it's helpful. Um, it's helpful to kind of remember what that because there's there's a there is a kind of a of a communication that's happening there out of uh, deeper layers of your consciousness. It may not take take a pleasant form. It could be uh, anger, but I would say writing them down would be good. And uh, Tanya should write it down in Spanish hand. That's the time. Yeah. Okay. We can close. Dedicate the hmm? merit. Dedicate the merit. Yes. Certainly.
2: May the merit of this penetrate into all places, so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. We... Tummo san. The Ten Directions, the Three Worlds, all
0: Buddhas, all Venerable Ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas,
2: the Great Paramita. Mm-hmm. All Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sopapoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick or suffering.